Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mike, I'm loving the Av shirt, dude. The, the oh, vibes yeah. are just rolling. All your tweets have been Avs themed. You're, you're just <laughs> keeping the party going. I love it. I, I know, dude. I'm not ready. Well, first of all, Allie got me this. I just got it yesterday. I love the skyline. You can't see it when I'm sitting normally. Um, but I'm not ready. That was actually how I was going to open the show. I'm not ready for like news and like trades and thinking about like roster construction for next year. Yeah, I'm not ready for that either. I mean, I, I got this Stanley Cup hat. I had to go to two different Dick Sporting Goods to find it, but that made me happy because that means that the, the demand is high. Yep. Um, I was annoyed, though, that this past weekend that there was all this NBA and, and obviously college football news in, in my world because I'm like, I, I, I just wanted like one week where I could just only focus on the abs. I didn't even get the parade day because that's when all the news dropped about UCLA and USC. Oh, yeah. So I was, I was a little bit bitter about that, but you know, that's okay. That, that's, that's part of the, the gig, I guess. I feel like the sports world should have stopped for a week and just been like, Oh, please allow the Colorado avalanche and their fans to enjoy this without thinking about anything else. It, it was really selfish of them, if, if we're being completely honest. I mean, they, they just they couldn't let us have their moment. I get it. We're all having such a great time here. We live in such an awesome state. They're like, enough. They don't yeah. get an entire week to party to, but I, I, was, I guess we'll live. I was thinking about this for the Avs. Like, it's kind of weird. Like, they just reached the mountaintop together. And, like, you know, they went on this crazy long journey. And they celebrate and they party and all this stuff. And then, like... Less than a week 
I guess a little over a week later, they're having to like they're sending like essentially like goodbye texts to Darcy Kemper today. Like that's got to be so weird to like it was like it was all about us, 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 and now like he's not one of us. You know what I mean? That that's got to be a weird feeling. I mean, there was even a little bit of that at the parade when some of them were getting interviewed, just the impending free agents like Kadri and, and Nichushkin and some of those guys, they, you know, get asked like, would you like to stay in Colorado? And they're all like, well, yeah, in an ideal world, you know, I, I would love to stay here, but obviously I know what I'm worth. And it just, it gets weird. It's such a short turnaround compared to some of the other sports that, you know, if you win, you don't really get like the entire month. You just, it, we're already hitting the ground running. The schedule's out. I mean, the draft is about to happen. The focus is already on next season. Yeah, it's really weird. And I, and I realize it's it's different for other teams, you know, like teams, even the, the Predators, let's say, like they've been, they're ready to move on to next season. Like yeah, they've, they've been had, done for months now. Yeah, exactly. They legitimately have been done for almost two months uh, and they made the playoffs. Like it's kind of crazy how long of a road it is to a Stanley Cup. But like even football, you know, the, um, I, the Super Bowl is early February, and then free agency doesn't happen for a while after that. Like you get like a nice long ride with your team, but I guess this was also a later season because of the COVID break, so it makes a little more sense. Is that the flat brim one or the gray one? The hat you got? I got the gray one. Oh, nice. Yeah, I was actually just over at Sports Fan, the place that hosts our tailgate or has the land that we do our tailgates on, and they have a good selection over there. If anyone's still searching around um what was the other thing i was gonna say the weirdest one's probably college football because a lot of like a lot of times you just know like the last game you win and then it's just over like there's no there's not even like the song and dance of like oh could you potentially come back no like i mean those players you know it's coming but that's always a funny moment when you hear them change the way they talk like after the 12th game of the season particularly if it's a team that doesn't make a bowl game like i remember when preston williams he was on a three and nine csu team it's just like yeah i'm uh i'm going to the nfl like haven't hadn't cared about class in in quite some time so and i can't blame them you know i'm not throwing shade if if i was six five and a former five-star recruit i think i would have had my sights set on the the nfl too and not communications Yeah, that was something I didn't know until I was in college. And right as the season ended, none of the players who were, like, good ever came back to class. They were just done. Sometimes they don't come to class even before that point. It's it very just kind of depends on the scenario. I had one uh, person, I won't throw them under the bus, who was in my class who made it to the pros in a sport, um, who legitimately brought a sleeping bag and a pillow to class every day and it was like a you know like an auditorium style and just went to the back row set up shop went back to sleep technically could not get in trouble i guess if the coaches did a classroom check he was in class that's all the ma- that's all they care about because as long as you're attending class you you know you can remain eligible and i'm sure they can figure out the grades with the tutors yeah i mean I think a lot of these guys are, are getting some help. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So we're in about the driest of dry periods when it comes to betting on sports right now. So um, we had to dig deep. Uh, I will say <clears throat> one of my picks from yesterday, which was John Rahm to be top 20 at the Scottish Open, 
is off to a good start. I don't want to jinx anything here. Let me see if I can pull it up here. Where is he? I'm a big John Rom guy. I, I like backing him. Well, I guess he's only 15th now. He fell back a little bit. Cameron Tringale went out there and shot 61 today. So Woo. good for him. He's going to have a chance to just ride that all the way through. Um, I, I actually like John Rom too. And maybe it's because I'm a fellow uh, short swing guy. Like I don't, I don't reach it all the way back, uh, so I can relate to his like quick little move he has to make there. But I, a lot of people don't like him because of his temper. I'm a fan. I, I want the golfers to have some personality. Like Emotion. Tiger had a temper too and was a little bit, you know, feisty. He wasn't out there high fiving other people. Like yeah, it's I, true. Granted, I mean, he was obviously on his on his own level, but. I like John Rahm and I like Colin Morikawa mostly because I have made the most money backing those two over anybody else. So those are my so two true. favorite golfers at the moment. Yeah, that that's absolutely true of me as well. Though I did make some money off of Scotty Scheffler's little run there too. But I just can't like love him because of how weird his swing is. <laughs> like that weird thing he does with his foot just makes me, I could never trust him. I'm just like, it doesn't look like it should work. That's for sure. Like the biggest thing about golf, your golf swing is like being able to replicate it. And I just feel like it's so unreplicable. And then of course he got like, he went on like the craziest run of anyone ever. And I'm like, Oh, he clearly replicated it for like an entire month. It's like the baseball hitter that has a really weird stance and anybody else that tries to do it can't come even close. But for some reason, like the dude who's goofy up here, he drops his hands and can still get to the fastball. And it's just like, I, I don't know why it works, but he hits 300, so we're not going to tank with it. Yep, it's uh, one of the old dark phrase. There's a lot of ways to skin a cat, which like I just don't know why we made that the phrase. Like, there's so many different ways to. <laughs> we could have said there's a lot of ways to skin a potato, but no, we had to say a cat. You could have even been like, "There's a lot of ways to like shave a sheep or something to where it doesn't sound so horrific." Yes, like that is one of the worst. Uh, visuals you can imagine we just made that a normal saying <laughs> yeah, we just i mean we're just accepted there's there's multiple ways to skin a cat okay there are i, I feel like there there's just one and it's terrible <laughs> i didn't say they were all like <laughs> different levels of fun but different ways to do at the word this is a, let's move on bad visuals okay. here <laughs> all right you're our guest uh i guess in in a way here today so let's go with your big three first. Curious to see what you dug up uh, from the desert. All right. The Rockies, they're struggling, but they just played the Dodgers, and we know how that typically goes. Yep. Now they're taking on Arizona. Neither of these teams are, are very good. Um, quite honestly, I don't bet on them very often. However... I do feel like the Rockies are kind of due, and that's why if if they're going to pull off the win tonight, I like Austin Gomber to get over three and a half strikeouts. He's gotten four strikeouts seven times this year, so it's not you know that unrealistic at minus one fifty five. Players are striking out more than ever. I just feel like odds are if Colorado's even in this game, that is going to hit. On top of that, you you would think that the Rockies would get off to a nice start if that was going. So I'm going with the no run first inning at plus one hundred. I mean, when either of these teams are playing, I feel like it's kind of one of those where it's like a first inning, you get three to two and you get like five runs right off the bat or neither team gets going and then the bullpen gives it up late. Yep. Either way, there's runs coming. It's just a matter of when. 
then finally I went with the, the Yankees money line. They are taking on the Red Sox in Boston. I did not take them to cover the minus one and a half just because they're on the road and wonky stuff happens with the Green Monster. It's a rivalry game. Big energy, all that stuff. But, I mean, the Yankees just have so much firepower, so that's why I'm going with them. Did you see uh, Chris Sale last night? Yes. He uh, he needs to work on his, his emotional control, my man. I'm, good Lord. Like, I'm all for athletes, you know, expressing their frustration occasionally, you know, doing some stuff. But when you see him, like, ripping the picture or whatever off the wall and, like, oh, okay, even better. So yeah. it's just like, come on, man. There, there's a line, and, and that's over it to me. Yeah, and then his defense, I thought, made it worse. He was like, oh, if you want me to act like a normal person, then treat me like a normal person. Like saying, like, athletes don't have to act like normal people because they're put, they're like living in a fishbowl and i'm just like that doesn't just give you a license to be an asshole like the, and the worst part is if it was the red Sox like at their stadium at fenway i wouldn't feel so bad but like those it's a minor, minor league, league stadium yes. they don't have the resources to replace that like he'll probably pay for it or the team probably will but i don't know it I just it so. looks lame like you're a grown man Yes. And then who was it? Was it Verlander? There was a, it's like the opposite of another story where like Verlander, I think was down for a rehab. Oh, uh, Scherzer. And he bought everybody AirPods and like a really expensive steak dinner. Like that's the way to do it. Dude. Yes. Go down there and like act like be on your best behavior, like sign extra autographs. Just do all that. Like it's one, you know, one or two starts. Yeah. That was, that was super lame. So, I don't, uh, uh, to me, like Yankees Red Sox is a lesser of two evils thing. Um, but I'll, <laughs> I'll lean Yankees just because I'm mad at Chris Sale for being an ass. I lean Yankees just because they have one of my favorite players in DJ LeMahieu. Mm. And I hate that he's not on the Rockies anymore, but I'm glad that he's on a contender. More than Trevor Story, huh? Yes. Um, I was a second baseman, so I, I stand second baseman, especially versatile ones. Story was great, and I, I wish he was right. I mean, I wish all, yeah, I wish everybody that was great and, and is now killing it everywhere. Nolan, there's a bunch of pitchers and less that apparently, as soon as they go anywhere else in this division, can figure it out too. But uh, DJ, I just have a soft spot in my heart for him. I always feel like he was underappreciated in the context of like, Nolan was was super obvious. Everyone loves Charlie Blackman because he's got the fun walk-up song and the crazy beard. But DJ was legitimately like a top 20 player in the league and never got any credit for it. Yeah, that was crazy. And they let him walk and then signed Daniel Murphy for the same price, essentially, that DJ got from the Yankees. And putting like all of the other context aside of why people didn't like that signing and quite, you know, personally, I think Murphy was an asshole, yep. but he, he didn't even produce even close to LeMayhew. It made no sense. Oh, he didn't have the positional experience either. So on top of that, you were asking him to, you know, a fish to walk on land. It was just, I don't know. I Second base so is a, so not, it's an art form, you know, like. You, you got to appreciate the little nuance of the position. When you have a really good one, he'll do a bunch of things that you don't appreciate, and that's what DJ did. But when, when you have a bad one, and Daniel Murphy was a bad one, it was really easy to see why you needed a better middle infielder. Uh, it was so bad. 
the whole Daniel Murphy experience was bad. He didn't hit like he was supposed to. He was awful uh, fielding the position. He couldn't run the bases. It was like a, just a cacophony of. He looked like comedy. a men's softball league guy trying to like leg out a double. It was bad, man. He what? I will say one thing. He I uh, went down to spring training and talked to him for a little while about like the art of hitting. And just because someone was like, you should ask him about the art of hitting, he'll talk forever. And he did. And it was actually like the way that he thought about baseball was one of the more fascinating things I've ever heard. It was just so like out there. Just everything was like about the, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. It was like, so he, it was sounded like someone talking about their religion or like spirituality. Like he was so passionate about hitting. So that was cool. Uh, anyways, <laughs> did we get all three of your picks? Yeah, we, yeah, we're through. Okay, all right, How do you go. feel about this Rockies game tonight? What's your gut say? Well, let's pull up my big three here. One thing that I feel like always happens out there is that they hit, um, like the rock. That's like the one place in the NLS that the Rockies can go hit. Um, and I was tempted to take the over and then, like Gomber kind of scared me because I was like, ah, he's he has the ability to go like shut down a weak roster like the Diamondbacks have. Now I still, if I had to pick, I would go over. Um, but I love me some CJ Crone. He's probably my favorite Rocky right now, uh, and <clears throat> he's one of those people that can go hit uh, out there in Arizona. So I'm going Crone total bases over one and a half. This is a confusing stat. It should not be called total bases. It should be called like net bases or something because it doesn't count every base that you touch which is exactly what it should be if it's total bases it only counts bases reached via hit um so gotta get you know two singles or a double you know triple home run whatever um but i feel good about that i'm going chris bryant for the same thing i'm banking on chris bryant to get hot get hot right now Uh, i'm just that's i'm crossing my fingers i'm trying try and catch the wave early and just ride it uh, now that he's finally healthy and like able to play a few games in a row here. Um, and then finally, <clears throat> I like this. I, you can still get some value on. I gave out John Ron top 20 yesterday. Like I said, he's sitting at 15 right now. Um, but I think he has an opportunity to make it into the top 10 pretty easily. So at minus 140, you're still kind of getting some, a little bit of value out of John Rom, who to me is the best player in this field. Uh, so we're, we're, we're doubling down on the top 20 from yesterday, going up to top 10 today. I like it. Like I said, I'm, I'm all in on John Rom. I'm definitely all in on backing CJ Crone. The Rockies do have some fun players. Like as, I don't know, this team is frustrating and obviously the, the whole owner thing is something we don't need to get into right now, but CJ Crone and, and you, Connor Joe, some of these guys, Rymac, Blackman, I mean, like. This is a team where in elementary school, I I would have loved for just passionately because the players are fun. And then I wasn't so concerned about the ownership and stuff back then, back when sports were just pure and all I care, you know, every year was our year. They they had a chance. Dude, that is so relatable because I'm kind of sad about like what's happened to my feelings towards the Rockies. Um, Like I love, I I like the sport of baseball. Um, Like I enjoy, like, to me, I really enjoy, like, you get off work, the sun's still out, you, like, open up a beer and turn on the baseball game. And, like, I just have lost 
the desire to do that. And it's really sad. And I, I do have nostalgia. And I'm like, how was I so in love with, like, these terrible Rockies teams? And I just didn't care. And I watched them start to finish the whole season, even when they were 20 games out of first place. Uh, like, I'm just thinking of some of these players that were on those teams. And it's like, man, I, like, loved Jeff Cirillo and, like, Todd Walker. And just, like, all these just random dudes. And, like, now... I just can't get myself there. Shout out Jamie Carroll, utility oh, infielder. Yes. Oh, what was the other guy who's kind of like him? Oh, Aaron Miles. Didn't he like get like shot or something or like pushed out? He had some crazy backstory. Like before when he was in the minor leagues, Aaron Miles got like somebody like invaded his home and he got like pushed down a flight of stairs or shot or something crazy Jeez. like that. Uh, go Google it. I, I I know it was Aaron Miles for a fact, but I just don't remember what the what the story was. Speaking of, yeah, I don't stare, know. I, I miss those days injuries. too. Uh, Clint Barmus, of course. Oh, Barmus ruled. He was sick. I remember he was opening leading... day home run, like yep, his first he, start. I think he was leading the league in average when he got hurt from like trying to lift. Uh, or carcass oh, right. up the stairs with Todd Helton, and he like fell and hurt his back, and he was never the same after. But he was legitimately hitting like three sixty or something at the time. One of the, um, by uh, the way, many what know- ifs in Rockies history. Go ahead, sorry. Yes. Did you know that CJ Crone is leading the Rockies in home runs, batting average, and RBI? That's a real Todd Helton, Matt Holiday esque effort. I-, I can appreciate that. And I mean, he's hitting 295 with 20 bombs and 65 RBI. Like, he's a legitimate All Star. Yeah, he'll make he'll make the All Star game. Yep, everyone gets one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, if you want to get in on any of these bets, make sure you head over to DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, America's top-rated sportsbook, where you can get a sign-up bonus up to one thousand dollars when you use the code DNVR at signup. Uh, like I said, like we've kind of talked about, it, it's it's a little bit of a dry period for betting right now, unless you're a big um, a big uh, baseball or golf fan, but also like you put it all together, baseball, golf, UFC is always good in the summer. Uh, you could still have a good time. And, and all you got to do is just start building up that bankroll for football season, which shockingly is getting very close. I think we're like 70 days away uh, from that Monday night opener for the Broncos. So uh, very close. And I guess you could take four days off and get back to that Thursday night football game, start the season. Uh, that's the, to me the golden golden time uh, for betting is early season football where you can kind of use like they they don't have a total beat on everything yet. Uh, we always notice that like they don't want to put any lines over ten points in the beginning of the season, and you can just fade the hell out of the just the worst teams in the league. So get in over at DraftKings Sportsbook, get that sign up bonus up to a thousand dollars when you use the code DNVR. Of course, you must be 21 or older. Colorado only bonus comprised of first bonus bonus, first bet match. Each $500 pause bonus comprised of 25x playthrough. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Told to have a dilemma of the day, but me nor Justin have any idea what it is. So, yeah, yeah, if you wouldn't mind revealing it to us. Building the perfect rocks SGP. All right. That was predictable if we had to guess that's probably what we would have guessed Um, let's jump in here 
All right, so I guess let's let's get an idea. Like, how do you feel this game is going to play out? It's Austin Gomber on the mound versus Dallas Keuchel. I feel like that's a misleading thing because, like, you see Dallas Keuchel's name and you're like, oh, I recognize that name. Is he good? Um, but at, at one point was considered a top pitcher, or I don't know, not maybe not top ten, but one of the the better pitchers in baseball. Yes, and as a Diamondback, he is 0-1 with a 9 ERA right now. So don't have to uh, don't have to worry about the old Dallas Keuchel. So I I think that's where you start is like, okay, it's not an ace by any means on the mound for them. Um, Gomber, I just don't know. Like he's uh, like all of Rockies, he's been inconsistent. Um, he's you know rocking a an ERA way up there too right now. Six five three, he's four and seven on the year. Like he hasn't been that you thought you had last year when he was pitching really well. I like the overs, kind of where I'm going here. Over nine and a half. Like I said, it always feels like the Rockies hit well down there in the desert. Um, so that's where that's my baseline. That's where I'm starting. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I did do the no run first inning in my big three, but. I, I do agree with the assessment that it, it just feels like whenever these two p- teams play down there, it ends up being a shootout and neither of them have particularly strong bullpens. Neither of these starters have been very consistent. So it, it feels like it could break open at any point. I believe the game average is eight and a half runs in, in Arizona anyway. So it's not like you're expecting it to go way over the, the norm. So I'm, I'm all over the over there. How about this though? I kind of like your nerfy. And what boosts up these same game parlays is when you bet on things that aren't correlated. So we take the over in the game and the under in the first inning. That could really get us some uh, some good value. Yeah, that gets us right just right there to plus three ninety, which is pretty nice. I like it. All right. Any anything else you want to uh, toss in there? I feel like um, we've got to go something offensive whether it's like cj crone or it doesn't even necessarily have to be that dramatic like one plus hit would be minus 230 if you added that now you're at plus 525 yeah i like that where is it Player to get a hit under hits there he is cj crone plus 525 man that's like a classic rockies uh parlay i feel like it's going over. It's going to be a slow start. CJ Crone's getting the hit, and you're and you don't even need him to win the game for this to hit. Like I know, this is um, I feel like this is an easy path to five twenty five. Like obviously, it's always scary when you have a whole SGP uh, riding on the first inning because it could just die right then and there. But if you get through that, like you feel pretty good about where this is going. And that's how you get your value without, you know, having to hit like five or six things. You know, we don't want to be throwing in multiple pitchers, multiple players, all that stuff. So I, I like it. It's nice and simple. The Rockies, their bullpen could blow it and that could still benefit you monetarily. So there, there's a lot of ways where we can make this game fun, despite the fact that these teams suck. Yes, exactly. And by the way, uh, on the hunt for 69, because of course the Rockies over under was 60 and a half, they have fallen w- behind pace. But if they win tonight, they're back on pace. So uh, it's kind of an important game. Also, this if the Rockies were to win this series, they would get out of the uh, 
out of the cellar and uh, and push the Diamondbacks down into there. We're not last. That's the goal. Yeah. More than anything, though, we just wanna we wanna hit that sixty nine. I've got a couple of parlays tied up in that, including one with our uh, our Avalanche winning the Stanley Cup. So that that's already out of the way. I'm counting on the Rockies, which is a horrible place to be at. If they offer me a cash out, I will absolutely take it. But uh, let's try and keep pace. I love this parlay of the best team in Colorado and the worst team in Colorado. I rely on both of them. Um, I felt like, especially when they got off to that hot start, I was like, oh, Quest for 69 is going to be easy. Um, but nothing easy with Rockies, of course. I should have known. Well, there's, they, they hit the typical June swoon. They'll be terrible up until the all-star game. Then they'll get hot again right around August. And there'll be like a two week stretch where they go like 10 and three, get back on pace. And then September, they finish like 500 and they'll end up winning like 71 games. Some random prospect will come up for the 40 man roster and hit like three thirty, and then we'll all get excited about them. And they'll yeah. be in the opening day lineup next year and they'll be terrible. Yeah. We know how it's all, it's and then all season you know. will come and we'll, we'll all stop caring outside of our bets, but that's okay because it's the circle of life in sports fandom in Denver outside of the few rando years where the Rockies decide to be relevant. But we're, we're like a decade away from that happening again. So let's just be happy that we got the abs and the Broncos and everything else going. And Nikola Jokic. I got to say, it is pretty torturous that we had to go from Stanley Cup hockey to the only Colorado sports on being the Rockies. Yeah, it's tough. Even tougher when uh, your entire existence is uh, based around a Mountain West team that looks potentially even more irrelevant. But... Let's talk I'm trying about to that. focus on the bright side. Real quick, I just want your your take on the uh, the whole conference re- realignment thing. Uh, okay. Uh, long story short, it was inevitable. Like we, you see, the way Oklahoma and Texas dipped, this was always happening. I think it happened much sooner than any of us expected to. Personally, I absolutely hate it because I think these super conferences pull us further away from exactly what we love about college football and that's the rivalries that's the the tradition and the history and everything that goes along with it because the truth is most of these teams never have a chance at winning a national championship anyways we you know kind of kid ourselves there's a little bit of hope you know kind of like there is in soccer and that hope matters i think because it keeps everybody you know intrigued but the reality is you know we just we care about these these local matchups and beating our rivals and stuff and we're going further and further away of that in in hope of TV money. And I just, I, I fear that once the novelty wears off, it's going to be a lot of crappy November Purdue UCLA games on a Friday night at eight 30 because it's for TV time and they don't care about people in the stands. And I don't right. know. I, I, I think 20 years from now, this does more harm for the interests of college football as a whole than it does good. But I might be a dejected local fan. So I mean, I all of the points you made good, um, and I think you're right. Like, college football is not about like pro sports are all about trying to compete for a championship. That's the only thing that matters. Like, obviously, there's fun parts to it, and even if your team's not necessarily a championship contender, you can still have fun. Like, I had fun watching the Nuggets last year, even though I knew they weren't going to win the yeah, championship. Yeah. With that being said. It's in the end, like the the existence of your fandom is like waiting for the ability to win a championship. 
And college sports are just so different than that. Like you said, there's always going to be a little hope, especially when it comes to like basketball that, you know, oh, you can get hot in the tournament. And yeah. Like any, it, that, it's what's fun. Anything really can happen in college basketball, but in football, especially, it's kind of just like, I want to be relevant. I want to be competitive and I want to win the two or three games that matter to me. Totally. And that's what I was going to say is like in the end in college football, like to me, what's important is like, being at the stadium, like all of the f- stuff that goes along with that, like for us, it's like seeing Ralphie run and tailgating and all that stuff and like winning rivalry games, whether that's against CSU or Nebraska or any, you know, whoever that we didn't really have one in the Pac-12, um, which was always a disappointment. But like, that's what, that's what gets me going. Like I've had more fun at those games than, you know, than a lot of other games, even though it didn't have any, significance on what was going to happen at the end of the season it's that's what makes college football so cool is like the regular season matters dude there were a lot of years where csu and cu were going three and nine but there were sixty-five thousand plus people showing up for the rocky mountain showdown and that's the game that carried people through the entire year whether it was a year where csu managed to pull an upset or cu you know getting the win it's like yeah it sucks we're three and nine it sucks we're terrible but we got that one and you're just you're going away from what draws people in. And I, I don't know, maybe you create new traditions, you know, like I said, there's, there are positives that can come from it, but as a whole, I just think that we've, we've really gone away from what makes college football fun in the first place, trying to like kind of replicate what the NFL is, you know, like the AFC NFC and mm-hmm. it's never going to be as clean of a product, even with your super conferences. So I just, I don't, it seems futile to me. I think the same 10 to 15 teams are going to continue to dominate no matter how you stack these conferences. You maybe get one or two teams that rise because of, you know, this realignment and how it shakes out. But like, does anyone really think that Alabama and Ohio state and some of these other top programs are going to fall off just because Oklahoma and Texas are in the sec or because UCLA and USC come to the big 10. I I don't, I just, I don't see it changing. Yeah, I mean, Texas is the one that I think could make noise um, just because they ha- they are in the, ho- the hotbed. Um, You've got the funding. I mean, the, all the backing in the world. It's yeah. absurd that we've now gone close to, what, like 15 years of Texas essentially being irrelevant. They made the national championship against Bama in like 09 or whatever that was. Wow. Yeah, I don't even Oh, That was the the Colt McCoy got injured. Yeah. Game. Yep, yep. Yeah, I mean, it. It's crazy that, I mean, they get Arch Manning. That'll obviously, or hopefully, I just because I want Arch to be awesome, um, I would feel bad for him if he wasn't. Like, that hopefully makes a difference for them going into the SEC. But, yeah, I think you're right. And when you said, like, you said Purdue, I'm thinking, like, Northwestern, like UCLA and Northwestern playing at 10 a.m. on Big Ten Well, and at what point do some of those teams get kicked out when these leagues fully go away from the facade that they care about academics? I mean... Are, are, is the SEC going to keep Vanderbilt around for the next 30 years if, if school doesn't matter? Because right now it's all just for your APR and, and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, Vanderbilt, Northwestern, and Stanford should be on the phone right now, like talking about how they can create a, you know, like a version of the Ivy League. That would actually be kind of fun. You'd have some like unique teams, but I don't know. I just. I think the regional component of college football is really important. This isn't a unique point. I've heard it made a couple of times, but I also miss just 
there were there were different styles to college football back in the day. Like the Pac-12, you know, it's like you had like high scoring offenses and really good quarterbacks. And the SEC was like ground and pound and it was shootouts in the Big 12. And it was really wacky and like the whack in the Mountain West where it's like kind of a hybrid of them. And I don't know. I just I think we're trying to make everything uniform and the same and, you know, like this an industry kind of like the NFL and uniqueness and tradition and history and all that is what makes college football fun at least in my opinion. Once Nick Saban realized that he had to go, uh, had to air it out if he wants to recruit good quarterbacks, everything we, we uh, everything turned on its head. And obviously now he gets all the best quarterbacks and they rack up stats. But that to me, that was like the, the, the end of it. Cause it was like, okay, well, it's going to be hard to recruit quarterbacks against, you know, uh, these other teams who are just going to air it out and say like, Hey, you can throw for 6,000 yards here if you want. And and you can do it at like the the programs that are you know in the top ten and competing for championships, which right. I don't know. That's that's the biggest. I think the the most unfortunate thing for programs on this side of the country is just that so many of the the great teams from the past have fallen off. You know, USC is not what it once was, although things look like they're trending in the right direction with Lincoln Riley. Although we shall see. Yeah. You know, CU was once a program competing for national championships. CSU even, you know, in the early 2000s, CSU was every year winning nine, 10 games, top 25, finishing in the top 15 in the AP poll. Like a lot of these teams that were great, they've just, they've fallen off. The interest hasn't been there as a whole. We've seen it dwindle. I don't know. You got to win at some point you've got to win or it just doesn't matter. Yep. So true. All right. Well, we'll let you guys uh, out of me and Justin's Zoom call about <laughs> conference realignment here. Um, this has been fun. Appreciate you joining us, Justin. Appreciate Yaya behind the keys. And uh, we'll catch you tomorrow on DNVR Bets Daily.